And welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Wingert representing the San Francisco Giants. Peter Moylan with the cool hat on today with his bat from Alex Gordon. Says, not sure if you can read that, but it says to Peter, my favorite Aussie, suck on it, Liam Hendricks. I didn't say that, but I say that every time I read it. So, Alex Gordon. Recently retired, recently uh, number retired, inducted into the Hall of... I think he just did all... I don't, he was one of the best players, most prepared players that have ever been around in my life. And mm. uh, shout out to you, Alex. Hope you're enjoying yeah. retirement, because I am. Alex Gordon, most prepared baseball player I've ever been around in my life. One of. Eric O'Flaherty was close to. Nick Marcakis. I'm not going to list them. I'm not going to list all okay. of them, because then I'm going to leave someone out. I'm just going to say Whit Merrifield was pretty good as well. So was Nick <laughs> Marcakis. So was Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I'm not going to list everyone. That's about it. I was waiting for one more guy. <laughs> no, there's plenty of more. I don't want to leave them out though. Wade Davis. Wade Davis was an animal. That is our pilot, Maddie Mass, who just got his audio fixed. Maddie, I really am into the sweatshirt today. God, Thank you. I'm so into the fact that you sound like you're in a helicopter and we call you our pilot. It just works, man. Is that a John Boy Media hoodie? No, it needs the JM. Oh, man, yeah, because that looks like good material and everything. But, like, if this logo was on it, yeah. Yeah. A, a pink sweatshirt can go really far. That's all I'll say. Yeah, with the black hat. We're all in black hats today. Yeah, that's Just noticed sweet. that. Yeah. Sorry about the text that you sent us earlier saying, hey, make sure you wear a black hat. <laughs> you just noticed that. I just noticed. So we've got a Farm to Fame exclusive, by the way, this week. A mm. Farm to Fame breaking, first ever breaking news segment. Breaking news, news. Hello, we are here tonight reporting live from Sandy Springs, Georgia, to report some breaking news. The Atlanta Braves have extended Charlie Morton for, for, for a one-year contract worth $20 million with a $20 million club option for 2023 that does not include a buyout. I have live with me now Braves analyst Peter Moylan. Oof. Peter, give us this your hot big. take. This is big. I've been requesting this for a little while now. Once mm. Charlie gathered himself this season and turned into a Cy Young style pitching phenom, I was lucky enough to run into Charlie at the hotel and have a conversation with him this weekend in Colorado. We didn't bring this up. We just talked about the old days when we were teammates. But uh, had I known that this was going to happen, I probably would have asked him about it. So I can't give you his opinion. But I can say that this is really, really good for the Atlanta Braves. And this really sets them up well for next year. I know that there's still a lot of this year left. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at this year and beyond. And this is just another stellar move by Alex Anthopoulos. And is there, a, is there a, a, an award for GM of the year? Uh, you can give it. Now there's going to be. If there's not, okay. there's going to be. We are officially going to give this year. Is we're not going to give it out just yet. No, 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 okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa. Pump okay. the brakes, sister. Holy cow. I can't just so throw my bias into this day one. We had just mm. announced that there's going to be an award. Okay? okay. Let's not award the winner just yet. Yes, sir. Okay. Charlie Morton, welcome back. Mm. Wow. And good work by the Atlanta Braves. Well done. That's so excellent. 
a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast are Braves fans because of Peter and I's backgrounds. But for our fans who uh, are Yankees fans or keep up with the AL, can you give us just like a quick synopsis of Charlie Morton's season? Because it's been like kind of funky, but then you look at his numbers and you're like, that was pretty good. I watch it all the time. So it is, he spins the ball better than anyone that you've seen. He is still throwing velocity-wise as hard as he's thrown in his career. Uh, the movement that he's got on both two-seam and four-seam, he can manipulate both. Uh, but his main thing, he's got two breaking balls, and he can go to whichever one's working best at any given time. He's started to throw other pitches as well. So, I mean, I'm just not going to give all the scouting report to the Yankees so well, they can sit there and just do it. What I he, meant... What? Did he start the season like kind of shaky and then? No, so just... the stuff was always there. It wasn't an issue. He, he was he was just not able to control. I guess new mounds, new team. He wasn't able to get the same sort of uh, control that he had with his breaking pitch early on in the season. So he was hitting a lot of guys on the back foot. He was he was leaving a lot of balls. Uh, over, you know, it was, and plus there was the adjustment. I don't know what he used for sticky or if he used any sticky, but there was obviously that period of time where every single pitcher in the league was told that all of a sudden now you're not going to be able to use anything. So it's like, there was, there's so much that he's dealt with and he's, his last sort of six weeks or two months have been like amazing, really good. Well, I'm excited that he's home. This is his home to me drafted by the Braves debuted with the Braves. Yep. And now he gets to be, I mean, obviously with Acuna back next year, he's going to be back on one of the most exciting teams in baseball. So Correct. that's awesome. Well done. Yay, Charlie Morton. Okay, Yay, so Charlie that's our Morton. first breaking news segment. Peter Moyland, thank you so much for joining us. You're um, welcome. Okay. Now, I'll just, I'm back. now we'll dive into our original openers before that news literally broke two seconds before we started recording. Our opener is that our guy... Fish who pitch, Trevor Rogers is back, ladies and gentlemen, for the Marlins, the NL Rookie of the Year favorite all year up until maybe three weeks ago. Right. Does he have time to claim it? Yes. Um, did you guys like... We got one no and one yes. That's great. That's what we like about this thing. Wait, what was the question? No wrong answers. Does he have time to win the Rookie of the Year? Uh, not after this. Not start. if his starts are going to be like the last, the one he just had. Mm. That's like what I said last week. I think to overtake Jonathan India at this point, it has to be a starter. You can't have an Ian Anderson start what he did in his last start. You can't do it. Trevor Rogers did. You have to throw like six. By the way, just just real quick, Ian Anderson hasn't struck anyone out in two straight starts. I wanted to talk. I want to talk oh about that gosh. and Trevor Rogers with that. Like that's, that's, that's insane to me that, that now I, I get the Colorado thing because I think that's the first time he's ever pitched in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between pitching in altitude and not pitching in altitude. And you don't know that until you do it. Yeah. It's strange. I'm talking, I went from a sinker slider guy to legitimately I could not throw a sinker because every sinker I tried to throw would cut because of the different air. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. And then your slider doesn't doesn't break as much because it doesn't have the air to, to use. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Trains back on the tracks. Um, yeah. Trevor Rogers is back. Did you guys 
read into like what he went through because it's heavy. I have not read a thing. Okay. So Trevor Rogers, this was his first major league start since July 31st. He, right. When he went on the bereavement list, right? He'd been on family medical emergency, bereavement restricted. Oh my God. I, do I want to know? It's sad. MLB.com, Christina DeNicola, we talked about her a lot, wrote an article and she said during the time that he missed, both of his parents tested positive for COVID. His mother spent nearly three weeks in the hospital on a ventilator um, for almost two weeks before she got to come home. She's now feeling much better um, and she's home, but she still has to remain on oxygen and she has to go through physical therapy to build her strength up. Um, But he also lost both of his grandfathers um, in that time span. So before he made this start on Saturday, he wrote on the back of the mound, he wrote out mom and then the initials for his late grandfathers um, before his first pitch. And that, and he's like pitching the rest of the season, like for his family oh is what he's dedicated it to. Right. Um, but I mean, I just, he lost both of his grandfathers. You have to imagine that there's a chance you're going to lose your mom if she's on a ventilator for two weeks with everything going on with COVID, just Golly. very, very heavy stuff. So Everybody is just so glad that he's back. Um, yeah. Getting more into kind of um, what he was able to do on Saturday. And, and Peter, you might be able to speak to how going through something like that could affect the rest of his season. Um, yeah. He has some of the best numbers in all of baseball. He's had an incredible season. He's tied for first in war with Jonathan India, 3.2. He's had an amazing year. Yeah. So what what's anything you want to cover on that? I mean... Yeah, I think it can either go one of two ways. And I had I actually had a boss tell me this one time when I was getting divorced. He said it can go one of two ways. You can either pour yourself into your work or you can not pour yourself into your work and it can, mm-hmm. you know, go the other way. So I think it can be an escape for him to be able to sort of let go of it all. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, maybe he can he can refocus. And I think he's I think he's still a chance to maybe give that rookie of the year, especially if he's entirely in war. Again, it talks, it, it all depends on how much emphasis they put on war when they're, when yeah. they're voting about this thing. But if you're tied with, for the lead in war with rookies, then you're still a chance to win rookie of the year as far as I'm concerned. So I really hope he can get it all back. This start versus the Phillies wasn't bad. It just right. wasn't anything. I mean, it was, he went four and a third, two runs on 83 pitches. So like, it's not bad, whatever, but it just right. is not rookie of the year type of stuff. But first game back, you'd take that all yeah, day long. Yeah, for sure. And he extended his franchise record. He now has 22 consecutive starts of three runs or fewer. And there's wow. only 12 lefties that have a longer streak in MLB history. That was in Christina Nicola's article. Wow. Ever in MLB history. But what's also been interesting, Peter, is if you go back, to the start of the season where Trevor Rogers was the lock. Right. He, he had that streak of like a ton of consecutive games with at least six strikeouts. Six like he was out. a strikeout yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, in his last four starts, which go back to before his, the, all the time he missed, he's had four strikeouts, three strikeouts, four strikeouts, three strikeouts. So his strikeouts have really been down um, right. compared to what they were at the start of the season. Huh. I don't know what, is I'd be interested to dive into those numbers a little bit more. See if he's like was. So you talk about before the injury; those were the starts that whether he had right before he went on the DIL. Yeah, I mean, in this last start, he had three, but the th- the three games before that were all before July thirty first. Right. I think that might have been what they were looking. Maybe there was a 
dip in stuff like velo drop, snap drop on the slider. Maybe there was a spin drop because they can read all that now. It's like yeah. maybe they noticed something in the numbers that was was off because of the lack of punches. Or maybe it's just people have seen him a couple more times. He's maybe facing a couple of clubs that have seen him more than once, maybe more than twice. You know, we talk about that struggle between pitcher and hitter all the time. Yeah. So maybe this is just the adjustments. Um, you know, Jonathan Indy had to make adjustments. Joe Adele had to make adjustments. All these guys have had to, Kellenek had to make adjustments. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to come, in my opinion, it's definitely going to come down to he or Jonathan India. And Jonathan India has the, has the range right now. But if Trevor Rogers gets back to who he was those first couple months of the season, it'll be good. So we're excited to have him back. Um, yeah, yeah. And then continuing in our opener, the rookies, they're hot in the streets, folks. Yeah. Rookies are hot in the streets. Wander Franco oh. is a national story right now. The Rays are playing right now on ESPN. Um, he hit a triple. And already in this game. So, so on base he just extended, extended the on base. <laughs> he was like their opener and their broadcast. Like, this is a national game, what he's doing. So Wander Franco, now I'm updating my notes as we speak. Is it 36 now? Yeah, he has an historic on base streak that has now gone up to 36 games after he yeah. extended his historic on base streaks to 35 games on Sunday when the Rays switched in. Okay, so it's even gone further now. He's tied, Mantle. he just tied Mantle. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my notes prior to us finding out he already had a hit in today's game is that this streak is the third longest by a player 20 years old or younger in the American league national league history behind hall of famers, Mickey Mantle with 36 games. So he's tied him. And now they're just behind Frank Robbins Robinson, who had 43 in 1956. Wow. So he just matched Mantle for the longest on base streak by a player under 21 in AL history. Mickey Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He Okay. Flex. He also um, had another streak that just ended yesterday of 41 consecutive plate appearances without a strikeout. He struck out Sunday, but like, this is a guy, if you've been living in Mars and haven't heard us talk about it, switch hitting shortstop five tool player. And when I say five tool player, I mean, all five tools grade out above 50. What? Would you live in Mars or on Mars? Um, in it? Probably on. on You'd it. be on it. Okay. Go. Okay. Um, and it's 80 grade hit tool hits for consistency hits for power. I mean, he is going to be a star for eternity, but he started out kind of slow besides his mm. debut. So now we're seeing a 36 game on base streak. You just heard all the names that we've compared it to. It's obviously the longest streak in majors right now, but you have a consistent contact hitter who hits for average, but is also going to give you power from both sides of the plate. Mm-hmm. Stupid. And play defense. Yeah. Do you think he's going to stay at shortstop or do you think he'll eventually move to third or second? They have a solid middle infield. Hold on. They have a solid system. Have you not seen yeah. their minor league numbers? They they are literally win, winning every single or leading every single minor league there is. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not even like competitive. It's you look at this whole system, I think they're they are legitimately a couple of their teams have already qualified for the playoffs, like the championship games or whatever they're playing this year or uh, uh, like Charleston and just qualified for something the other day. And it's, they've got like 73 wins in Charleston. Yeah. In the minor leagues. 
it's... their whole system is just taking over baseball. We're going to talk about one of them today, and it's it's insane. I was try- I thought I read something about how they see him. Biggest question mark with Franco has always been his glove. He's a natural shortstop, but the Rays have tried him at second and third base. They promoted Taylor Wells earlier in the season, and he's known for having one of the best gloves among shortstop prospects. But scouts grade Franco's arm as above average and has said that he can handle short. Should he need to move off the position, however, he could put his speed to use as well as above average player at the hot corner or the keystone. That's an article (laughs) from um, Edwards Sutlin for Sporting News. Thank you, Edwards. So, yeah, I mean, we just told you all those numbers. Longest streak by a rookie shortstop since Hanley Ramirez reached in 36 straight for the Marlins, so he's now matched that. So, I mean, it's like it's just record after record, and he did it again. I kind of want to turn on that game. I just don't know if, like, it'll mess up my Wi-Fi. Okay, so another rookie who is hot right now besides Wander Franco is Frank Schwindel Oof. with the Chicago Cubs. Former KC Royal. Really? I'm pretty sure. I was was looking at what he did this week. I think it. I thought it was Oakland before, but that doesn't mean that it's not also not also Kansas City. Kansas City Royals, 2019. Nice. So when did he debut? Are you like on his page right now? Can you look that up? I can. In 2019 with the Royals, he debuted. He got okay. 15 plate appearances, and then he got called up with uh, this year with the was with Oakland to start off with, and then got traded to the Cubs. Uh, or maybe DFA'd by Oakland. I don't know. He's hitting 150 in Oakland, so maybe he was just DFA'd. Picked up by the Cubs, and he's hitting 370 right now, by the way. Just yeah. let you go, Cubs. Go. Six home runs in his last seven games. He had a grand what? slam on Sunday, yesterday. The Cubs were down 8-7 to seven in the seventh. It was the go-ahead runs. Um, it, w- it also was the Cubs' sixth straight win. Whoa. But it was cool because on Sunday, uh, Matty, your camera's out to so you know, um, on Sunday, <laughs> flawless transition. <laughs> <laughs> Matter your cameras, I just so you know. And boom. Yeah, I I think maybe it's just getting weird because I'm doing other things. So I'm I'm gonna finish this and then I'll come back. Okay, okay. so you don't care. We'll just keep talking. No, just just care, keep okay, going. Okay. On Sunday, when he hit his grand slam, he had all of his high school friends in town from New Jersey, which oh, is phenomenal. Know that. They all had T-shirts on that said "Schwindy City." Love that. Oh. And they had fat head cutouts. Absolutely love that. So not only did he hit the go-ahead Grand Slam on Sunday, on Saturday, he was the hero diving into first base to beat out a ground ball on a walk-off infield single. So he had a go-ahead on Sunday, walk-off on Saturday. Like Peter said, he's now hitting three. He's slashing 370, 419, 706, wow. um, which went up today because he already has a hit. Mm. Um, actually, I don't know that that's Wander Franco. He does not have a hit. So those are his current numbers. <laughs> He's up to 10 home runs on the season, 29 RBI in 32 games. Frank Schwindel. The Cubs are like, they, Patrick Wisdom. David Ross. Okay. What, but what happened? Because he's not there right now. No, he got COVID. Oh, okay. He's on, I saw the, I was reading an article and it said acting manager. And I was like, where's Rossi? Yeah, he got COVID. He's away from the team for 10 days. I think that's what they do. Do you have anything on Frank Schwindel? Congratulations. Okay. Former Kansas City Royal. Awesome. That's what I have. Got yeah. it. Okay. I love it when a prospect starts to find their way. That's what, that's, yeah. that's what I do love. I do love when the fact that a guy that you've been, well, I've been hearing about for a long time, the fact that I was in Kansas City a couple of years prior to that. Yeah. I love it when you, you hear about a guy and then all of a sudden you hear him maybe change the scenery and they go, he just goes off. You know who we're going to hope puts it all together? 
Adley Rushman, baseball's number one overall prospect. He now has a backup plan too, yeah. by the way. Maddie tweeted out that video yeah. and I had, I didn't know that. And I feel like I should have known that. Yeah. Because we do a deep dive in every single part of every prospect's life ever. He used to kick off for Oregon state. Like, yeah, I know. Hey Maddie. Hey, welcome back. Also shout out to John Heyman for uh, retweeting our tweet about him kicking off for Oregon state. Yeah. yeah. Finished editing a little wander video post that, but on the topic of, now current MLB number one prospects rather than old MLB number one prospects. Adley was apparently a really good kicker. I love when you can see guys that can perform in all different sports. I have a question hmm. and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone by this question. I, it, it is a legitimate question. Okay. Is the kicker seen as the same level as the rest of the players that you would notice on a football team? No. Okay. But it's just... like a, it's a niche skill to have. Like... Okay. Yeah. It is a niche skill. hundred percent. I think they're as talented at what they do as. Okay. So here's my point. You'll never see up... somebody with like a Jersey with, for a kicker. I mean, you might, you may, but like not often. Friends and family and maybe that one stalker chick, but yeah. here you go. I grew up kicking footballs left and right foot. So for me, seeing someone do that isn't very impressive. I'm sorry. <laughs> but for the standard of what kids grow up doing in this country, what he did was pretty incredible. Yeah. That kind of just makes me sound like everyone else should be impressed with what he did except for me. Because for some reason I'm better than everyone, but that's yep. not what I meant. If you know, Aussie's what I mean. man. To to be completely honest, the the video that has gotten more traction is when he tackled where, McCaffrey. Right. That's yeah. He he kicked off and he tackled Christian McCaffrey, who could be the yes. best running back in the NFL. He got up and got an ass slap from McCaffrey. So I mean, that's something yeah. to say. <laughs> but yeah, that's impressive. You can kick a ball. But I mean, the other video that's gotten less traction is when he kicked a 65 yard footer? field or 60, yeah, 63 yard field in goal. In college? Yeah. Yes. No, in high school. Oh, okay. high school championship game, wasn't it? Dang, that's playoffs. Wild. Yeah. Like a walk off kick. Yeah. So I don't know. I've seen a lot of debating in our comment section whether he was kicking off of a platform or not. I guess some high schools do, some high schools don't. I don't really know. I've never but, seen that. To kick a 63-yard field goal is impressive at any level, especially when you're 17. The NFL record is 64 yards. Obviously different, but just saying, if a 17-year-old can kick a 63-yarder. Okay, because if I I just – the conspiracy theorist slash maybe overthinker in me thinks that a high school kid kicking something 63 yards compared to an NFL guy that's been doing it for his whole life, only kicking at 65 yards as the records seems a little bit weird to me. It's not like, it's like someone's having an Olympic record and then having a high school kid get close to it. So I, I do think this is where a lot of those comments came in. They have like some kicking platform base that might give you a little extra elevation. Ah, I, I don't. Those tweets like blew up. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. Where were you, true. Kelsey? Where have you been? I've been in Orlando. I was on a bachelorette party. 
Well, maybe you should start checking your Twitter and retweeting some things. <laughs> I just went back and retweeted them. What the heck? Mm. Um, okay, yeah. So Adley Rushman, stud. Yep. Congratulations. Maddie, I feel like I can't look at the screen when you're talking and you don't have your face up there. So I'm just going to look away when you're talking from now on. So I press start video. It says Zoom is unable to detect a camera. So that's just fantastic. Now I can pick my nose in peace over here. So we're all good. Truly love that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, get into our Rookie of the Year watch. Watch, I said that really loud. We're going to start out with the NL, which is brought to you by Tops, baby. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about card collecting and all of that stuff, but there is breaking news in the digital digital collectibles world. So Tops recently announced the upcoming release of the 2021 Tops MLB Inception NFT collection. Inspired by the popular Tops Inception baseball physical product, these striking officially licensed Tops MLB NFTs will be available on September 9th at 1 p.m. ET exclusively on Tops NFTs nfts.com. So you know, Tops, um, you are going to see baseball's young stars all over this thing from breakout rookies, but then you're going to see your veteran mainstay guys. Um, they're also introducing New Beginnings, which is a set that celebrates both new and familiar faces in new places. Um, so when the sale goes live on September 9th, collectors are going to have the ability to purchase five card standard packs and 25 card premium packs via credit card with NFT card rarities ranging from common to legendary. Um, so it's going to be the tops that we know and love. Obviously, they make really sick cards. We see them all over the place, bold artistic styles. Um, so again, available on Thursday, September 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, so you can go to www.topsnfts.com on September 9th to get the tops MLB Inception NFT collection. We love cards. Inception is a really cool design. Peter, the Pete Alonso sock card that you pulled. Yes. I yes. believe that was part of last year's Inception. Oh, those are sick. That was cool. They have yeah. like little fabrics of different pieces of their gear. Like you could get a yeah. little piece of their sock or their glove or their pants and it's yeah. ingrained in the card. It's so cool. I've showed you all this before, but this is my tops card. This is Ozzy's tops card. And I snuck in the picture. Look at you. I snuck in right there. Yeah. Wow. Did someone send that to you? I had to buy it off of eBay because it yeah. was one of those 24 hour cards that they do. And I didn't know about it when it was the 24 hours. And then I found out about it. So I like searched and searched and bought it off somebody on eBay. Wow. Um, yeah. Neat. Okay. So, okay. So NL rookie of the year race, we talked about Trevor Rogers a lot and the opener, obviously, um, and we said he's tied with Jonathan India. We said that this race is likely going to come down to Jonathan India and Trevor Rogers. 3.2 war for both of them. Jonathan India on the season, I'm sorry, is hitting 271 with 18 home runs, 61 RBI. He homered on Friday, um, has a four-game hit streak right now. Did you see the play, Peter, on Saturday? He had a play that saved two runs. It was a sliding stop, really strong throw. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I mean, so Jonathan India is just like a guy. He's a dude. The hair went to Florida. So he's got everything. Yeah. So we think it's his to lose. So that's Jonathan India. We told you about Trevor Rogers on the season yep. 252 ERA. Both tied. Yeah. 
uh, Jazz Chisholm. The the one thing that I was excited to see Peter about Jazz, although I don't really think he's in this conversation at this point anymore, is he wasn't still, you know how you said like a lot of times the guys who steal bases until they're like fully, fully recovered from their injury, they don't get back into that. Yes, ma'am. He's back up to 18 stolen bases. So like mid-August, he got on a little stretch where he got back to it. So that's good. Okay, good. Yeah. That's a good sign. I still I still can't get off. Like he's this is he's gonna put it all together. And at some point he's gonna he's gonna turn into a really he's oh, yeah. already exciting, but as when the consistency comes with the excitement, like it's oof, I'm it's gonna be a tough team to to have to go through in the next few years. Oh yeah. I think at this point, most people know his name, but I think in five years from now, he's going to be a household name. I agree. I agree. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's jazz, but yeah, his, he's getting back to stealing bases. So that's good to see because he's, that's, that was the talks about him at the beginning of the year. He's an electric player. Peter, Ian Anderson yes. started on Saturday at the Rockies, which is notable. Yeah. I was on the plane for that one, but. The thing that was notable for me was the two, the back-to-back starts with no punch-outs, which is a bit weird. I think we talked about, did we talk about this on, we did, yes, okay. We were recording when we talked about that, right? Yeah, it was in the Trevor Rogers talk. Yeah, so. But we didn't get deep into that. That's just strange to me that that happened. Like that you've gone back-to-back starts now since coming off the IA with not punching. Especially with someone And he had four walks. Yeah, so look, it could just, these things can happen when you're, are gone for a while because of injury the feel is usually the last thing that comes back but you know it's i don't think that anyone should be worried he yeah. his comments afterwards were you know um it just he was more frustrated that he wasn't able to contribute more than anything that was mechanical or anything that was sort of bugging him so i'm not concerned that there's anything still bugging him or there's anything wrong yeah. I just think that it's all going to, it just needs to come together at some point and he'll be fine. And he's got enough time to do it. The Braves are still in first place. I, I know it's getting closer, yeah. but but I think with the depth that the Braves have, I think it should be a really good race. Yeah. Honestly. If you didn't see his start, it was three innings, four runs. He had gave up two home runs, cores. Um, but like Peter said, no strikeouts, four walks. But on the season, still 361 ERA. So that's Ion Anderson for the Braves. Dylan Carlson has heated up recently. Um, his wow. last seven, he's hitting 333, last 15, hitting 302, last 30, hitting 286. So he's upped his average on the season of 261. He has 13 home runs, 48 RBI. Dylan Carlson is not going to win rookie. I shouldn't say that. Well, likely not win rookie of the year. He's been living between that 260, 250 and 260 range all season. If there was a most consistent rookie, no, Casey Myers would probably win that. Oh, most consistent NL rookie. Yeah. Yeah. He just like, I feel like we have to talk about him because this is just a guy that you're going to hear about for a really long time. He's just a great top of the order guy strong like character acts like a big leaguer um, plays good defense i keep yeah. mentioning oh, defense every speaking time of defense tied yeah. for second in the nl and outfield assists yeah. which is led by adam duval and charlie blackman and then it's him adam duval yeah just real quick by the way yeah phenomenal human phenomenal okay. ball player but these last couple of weeks have been have they not been good oh my goodness he's been amazing oh okay good 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 yeah he's turning on I'm a big Duval fan for sure. Mm. Um, are you? you have swaggy. To. Swaggy. Swaggy. Got mm. it. 
on the other guy in the NL we want to hit on is Patrick Wisdom, which normally we have something to, to say about him good, but his last seven, he's hitting 080 with no home runs and no RBI. 080.080. Oh. He had two hits and they were both doubles, which is funny. Um, okay. Is it funny? Is it? Uh, well, we said that last time that like <laughs> he doesn't ever hit for average, but um, they're always like an RBI double or a home run or something. I just want everyone at home to know that, that we're real. Okay. We're having camera issues. I've got dogs that were barking upstairs before that I had to bring down that are now visiting in the podcast. There's mm-hmm. people removing a dumpster next door because they're mm-hmm. redoing the house next door. We are real. Yeah. Okay. I don't want you to think that this isn't like we're in some fan. This is my house. 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 Yeah. Okay. Welcome back. Go ahead. Um, all right. Roman is bringing our AL rookie of the year race. So we know Peter just said this. We're human. We're not perfect. No one's perfect. Mm. Even Peter Moylan, some of the best baseball players in the entire world ever. They don't get the strikeout when they need it. They don't get the out when they need it. The best yeah. golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if I've you feel too. like you come up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like it's bothering you, there are definitely some options. So you can go to getroman.com slash fame now. So with Roman, you've heard us talk about it before. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You get to work with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional, and they are going to help you find your best treatment plan. Um, And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. Um, Whole process, super straightforward and discreet. So like we said earlier, getting started is super simple. You just go to getroman.com slash fame and you complete an online visit so you can take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. So again, getroman.com slash fame. You get $15 off your first month. And they are bringing us our AL Rookie of the Year race. It's a one horse race, this thing. Let's be honest. Do you think the AL race is a one-horse race? Uh, go ahead. Wow. No. The AL race, I don't feel like there's a favorite, if that's what you're implying. Really? Yeah. You don't think it's Randy Arozarena's to lose? I think it's his to lose, but... I think there's too many mediocre. I think Adolis Garcia is still getting a lot of first-place votes. Okay. From who? Texas people? Probably. You Texas people like to stick together, don't you? Everything's bigger. Randy Rosarena for the Rays on Saturday, went three for four, scored three runs, triple, home run, RBI. He's fun. Give him the crown. On the season, 274, 19 home runs, 61 RBI, 3.5 war, which I believe is best among all rookies because our other two guys are 3.4 or something. So that's Randy Rosarena. My only reason for saying this is because when you look at Adolis, it, it was unbelievable early, right? And he's mm-hmm. kind of just tapered off slowly. Whereas Randy has kind of been, uh, and then recently has started to pick it up. So he's going to be in the minds of the voters. Yeah. You know, at the crunch time of vote time. Yeah. I think. I agree. Adolis okay. Garcia, 3.4 war. So you, you compare their numbers. Randy Rosarena, 274. Adolis Garcia, 248. Randy Rosarena, 19 home runs. Adolis Garcia, 29 home runs. 
Randy Rosarena, 61 RBI, Adolis Garcia, 71, 78 RBI. So Randy has been more consistent. Adolis has been more powerful. Adolis had a grand slam on Saturday, or um, I don't know what day. He had a grand slam versus the Astros in a three-hit day. So he had a good mm -hmm. game this week. Another guy staying in Texas, Luis Garcia, who we've talked about a good bit, but I like what I know, but I was, I was looking at rookie numbers and comparing them. You look at Luis Garcia's season, he has 10 wins, a 329 ERA. He leads all rookies in strikeouts with 155. And he's second among all rookies in innings pitched to Casey Mize with 134. So he has 134 innings pitched, 155 strikeouts, and he's tied for first in wins with 10. How many starts has he made? He's made 26 starts. But then again, his start on Sunday, five and two thirds, three runs. That's fine. We'll take it, but it's not what it's we're looking for. It's almost for right a quality now. start. You get one more out. Yeah. That's considered a quality start. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. We'll take it. Sure. But it's not like, you know, he. he That's what I'm saying. For, I think pitchers who win rookie of the year have to have, do something like amazing, like what Devin Williams did last year. He yeah. was. Like he had a 0.48 ERA and punched out 8,000 in six innings. And it was, it was ungodly what he did. And I think as yeah. a pitcher, it needs to be such impressive numbers that they just are unavoidable. You, there's no other way to, to vote than to vote. And I don't think that he's doing that. Yeah. Good take. So those are, those are probably my, my top three, but then, you know, we love our guy, Akil Badu. He hit homered in back-to-back -back games this week. Did you Shout see the pimp guy. drop, the Ken Griffey Jr. pimp drop for the Oppo home run that he hit this week? Oh no, but I need to. Yes, you do. Wait, was it just like a, like a bat drop? Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that one. So there's Akil Badu, Casey Mize, three perfect innings on 34 pitches. Versus the Reds, who, as we know, have an extremely potent offense, but they're putting him back on limited starts for the remainder of the season. So likely every start going forward, he's only going to pitch about three innings. They want him to end around 150 innings, and he's at 138 and a third, which leads all rookies in innings pitched. So I don't know. That sucks. Here's my, frustration. Like, Here's my frustration with that, right? Here's my frustration. We've effectively turned half the teams in the big leagues into a minor league development squad. Yeah. And I guess it's good for the game in some respect because we get to see a lot of younger guys coming up earlier, but I don't know. I just don't know if that's good for the game when we've just got, well, we're going to be able to, we can just taper down this guy's innings yeah. because we're not really trying to win. Yeah. So we'll just manipulate everything so that we can set ourselves up perfectly for next year because this year doesn't matter, but we're still having people buy tickets and show up. Even yeah, though we I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, I, the one thing I do like is I do like the thought of Casey Mize pitching the entire season and not just being shut down. Right. Like I like the fact that they want to get him to the finish line. They want him to make every single start. They want him to feel what it's like to go through a full big league season. Um, but it just sucks because Three perfect innings, 34 pitches, 27 strikes versus the Reds in his last start yesterday on Sunday. And I mean, like, you just wish you could have seen like how that would have played out in a full start. But my, my also like, how does that 
did he was he able to just relax and get through those three innings because he knew he was only going to go three innings? Did they tell him that he's only going to go three yeah. innings? Three so innings? that's he knew that was the plan going, and that's so, what AJ Hinch said. He said, "Oh, really? He does this in a lot of his shorter, like the shorter starts. Like he's dominant, and we're hoping that he can take something from those starts and bring it into his full starts next season." But um, hmm. yeah, I mean, this is the plan, and. Casey Mai said in his post-game interview that the Tigers have been super transparent with him about the plan. And so there's no point in even fighting it. He was like, I'm just going to be wasting everybody's time if I try to fight it for another inning because this is the plan. Wow. But yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I think these limited starts are, he's going to be out of the race just because of that. A guy that we haven't talked about, and I think we showed him some disrespect, just not mentioning him is Ryan Mountcastle for the Orioles. Dude has 25 home runs and 75 RBI as a yeah. rookie. His 25 yeah. home runs are tied for second with Patrick Wisdom for rookies. His last seven games, he's hitting 346. He homered in back-to-back games this week. Month of August, he hit 357 with eight home runs. He's just kind of buried in the Orioles in their 16-game losing streaks. But, like, he's been good. Good for him. That's great, yeah. He was – I watched him – when they were in town, or when they, when the Braves were in Baltimore. Anyway, I got to see a good bit of him, and he's a good baseball player. He's not massive, but he's got a good swing. I was about to ask how big he was. Yeah, he's not he's not a he's not a massive dude. Consistency. Four two thirty. I consider that a big dude. Is it? Yeah, in my mind. I consider Aaron Judge a big dude. Aaron Judge is a monster. I consider Freddie Freeman a big dude. Six five, two thirty. Yeah, but what I feel like Aaron Judge is like in his own territory. Like he's just well, Stanton's like, there too, though. Stanton's there. Is too. Stanton as tall as him? Maybe a little bit shorter. Um. Anyway, I, yeah, I believe six four, two thirty is a big dude. So, um, Ryan Mountcastle, we apologize for the disrespect. Twenty five home runs, seventy five RBI is phenomenal. Also hitting two sixty six, which is great with that power. Our guy Andrew Vaughn is sliding. I'm done talking about James Caprillion, I think. Um, I also think I'm done talking about Cole Irvin. Alec Manoa had a rough last start. Um, Emmanuel Classe, AL reliever of the month for August. 21 saves and 25 opportunities. That dude's unreal. Yeah, 151 ERA, 61 games. Emmanuel Classe, AL reliever of the month. Not rookie anything, AL reliever of the month. So good for him. What's his war? Do you have his war? I'll look it up. You don't worry about it. I'm a war person now. I decided this okay. week. Good. That's why I've been t- mentioning it no more. I'm trying to grow for the people. Grow for the people. His grow war is 2.4. You slavadavish. What? That's pretty good. 21 saves, 2.4 war. Garrett Whitlock, Whitlock has a 2.9 war. On season, he has a 163 ERA in 40 games. So those are two relievers in the AL who, like, we just got to mention. Hold on. How many? What's his war at? 2.9. Garrett Whitlock. How many innings has he thrown? I like Kika. I know. Well, I just have to compare. I'm trying to do an exercise here. He has thrown 66 and a third innings pitched. Garrett Whitlock. How how many saves does he have? He has two saves. He's He's usually a longish reliever okay so my point is he has a 2.9 he's like a two inning guy emmanuel classe has a 2.4 war with a 1.51 era in 61 games Mm -hmm. 59 innings with 
21 saves. So that's effectively telling me that saves are worthless. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to war. And he's converting saves, like 21 saves and 25 opportunities. That's interesting. Sorry for those at home who don't give a flying pajama pant about me learning. We're a reliever pod. We are basically a reliever pod. So those are the rookie of the year races. Um, We're getting towards the end of the season. Do September call-ups, like, is there a date? Or, like, was it September 1? And I just didn't hear I think there's going to be a lot of changing as the need changes. So with only being able to call two guys up, I was assuming that a lot of guys, like usual, will call up a third catcher, a couple of relievers, and then it's like, oh, no, 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 there are only two. Like, you have to be, like, I don't know. It's You've you've almost got to... plug holes where you need them. Like if you need relievers for a couple of days, you go get a couple of relievers from your 40 man. If you need a starter for a day, you swap one of the relievers out for a starter. So I think it's just going to be. Can they just interchange those two guys? Like the whole. So that's my question. Is there like a, um, a alternate hashtag alternate site where the minor, when the minor league season finishes and the big league season still going, do the 40 man guys just go and train somewhere and make themselves available. That's, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work this year. Normally there's like a, when it comes close to playoff time, they'll send a couple of guys off to the minor leagues uh, spring training site or big league spring training site. And they'll continue to work out and take live at bats and, and mm. throw to hitters and that sort of stuff. I mean, to it stay was ready. like the COVID alternate site last year. That's what I'm saying. Is that, yeah. is that what's happening? I'm not sure. I would imagine so because like, guys can get hurt and like if a guy gets hurt like you have to be able to replace him you know so but i just didn't know if like they could call up kind of like you mentioned if this series they want to call up an extra bench guy and an extra reliever and then the next series send those two guys down and call up two new guys like that was what i don't know if they can do which i don't know how that's regulated. It's still a better system than what it was in September when you had 12 new dudes in the clubhouse yeah. and you traveled around and there was make-believe the locker lockers and, yeah. all over the place. And there's five groups of BP that take an hour and a half. And it's just like, oh, uncle. Like, And I'm grateful for those guys getting opportunity. But then it just changes the way you play the baseball game as well. You having relievers, especially before they brought in the three batter minimum rule, it yeah. was a joke, man. Like... You've got 17 relievers out in the bullpen. So you literally see 12 of them a game and games taken five hours. It's like, no. Miserable. So I don't know what, I don't, yeah, I don't, I just, I just hope that there's just not like this back and forth all the time. But I mean, if guys are getting paid and and everyone's getting at bats and it's, I'm whatever, like at this point, whatever. There's no perfect solution at this point. Like I, I don't mind this the way that it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I haven't heard about like one of our guys like getting the call. So, and normally you hear about September call-ups and like, it's like a thing on Twitter and you see like, oh, these guys go, but I just haven't seen like one person get called up. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will send out a message to all 30 general managers and let them know next time there's any moves to be made with our Mm -hmm. guys Mm -hmm. that they let us know first. Yeah, can you just like BCC me on or... So yeah. they, okay. Yeah. Um, sick. Okay. So let's get in to our top 10 <laughs> prospects of the week's boat. We talked about this company last week and I oh. like, I just really like this company, Greg Morris cards. So 
you know, most companies are trying to sell you something, but Greg Moore's cards, they're trying to put money in your pocket. Mm. They're trying to buy something from you, your old sports cards. And we all have it. Like I said, I got old sports cards sitting on my coffee table. Casey has some in a shoebox. Like you got them and you don't know how much they're worth. Like just that, go Google them and like you're surprised. Um, so you can turn that into cash because Greg Morris is buying any older baseball, basketball, football, or hockey cards. So they're buying anything vintage, which is pre-1980s, or even older than that, pre-war cards, 1930s, tobacco cards, 19th century cards. If it looks old, Greg Morris wants it. They're also taking modern cards too, if that's what you have, um, especially ones that have been graded by a third party. So they're all over social media. So you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can go to gregmorriscards.com to find out more and to sell them your sports card collection. So you're going to fill out a form there. Somebody's going to get back to you on how they can give you cash for your old sports cards. I wonder if they take Pokemon cards because I got a binder. Hey, don't give them away. Okay. <laughs> can I have them? Because Leilani is so into Pokemon right now. She's gone to school she? and she's legitimately just obsessed with Pokemon. <laughs> can I please have them? Yeah, they're not in Atlanta. They're in Sugarland. Oh, have the mum send them to me, please. <laughs> My when are them. they from? My cards? Yeah. I mean, probably from, I feel like that was like an elementary and middle school type deal. So early 2000s, late 1990s. Why? Is that, are they like worth something now? Probably, yeah. Greg Morris, can you tell me? Greg Morris, can you take <laughs> Pokemon cards? Or don't tell her because I just want them. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's just like a great company. If you listen to this, we know you love sports and you probably have sports cards too somewhere. So if they're just sitting around, might as well get some cash money. Cash money, 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 money. Okay, I'm going to start with our top 10 prospects with Juan Yepes. Is that name familiar to you, Peter Moylan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For the Cardinals organization in AAA, he's a first baseman. He started the season in AA, was promoted after 19 games. Where did he come from? Why is Peter Moylan familiar with him, you may ask? He came to the Cardinals from the Matt Adams trade with the Braves four years ago, and it was a shot in the dark on the Cardinals side. Four years, Quattro. Yeah, Quattro. So... He's been incredible for the Cardinals, especially if you go to this past month. But if you look at what he's done in his career, his power has in increased a ton this year. So we had 10 home runs across three levels in 2019. He has 25 this year across two levels. So the power's increased. His plate discipline has always been good, but this year it has been elite. He has a really mm -hmm. low strikeout rate. Um, at AAA, he's hitting 290 with 20 home runs and 56 RBI in 78 games. Um, he has hits in 13 of his last 15 fans are clamoring for him to be called up, but they, they kind of have a, a pretty decent guy at first for the Cardinals. You might've heard of him, Paul Goldschmidt, but he has four doubles in his last five games, four home runs in six games this week. Um, he won Cardinals minor league player of the month for August. He had 355 with 10 doubles, seven home runs, 22 RBI, led all of AAA hitters with a 1.216 OPS <laughs> since July 6th. He leads all minor leaguers with a 763 slugging percentage. I mean, like they're clamoring for this guy to like get called up. Mm. Um, he's 23. So he's, you know, you, you want him up. Like he's 
matured into his body. He's ready that's to go. That's so funny to me that that's just become, he's 23, so he's matured and he's he's ready. That was so foreign 10 years yeah. ago. 23, yeah. he's ready. What? Yeah. No, he's not. That's crazy. Can we play any other positions? Well, I mean, the article that I was reading about this talked about how next year, if we get the league-wide DH, that like, that would be it'll a help. great opportunity for a guy like this, you know, yeah. but it'll be, I mean, he's just, he's on a tear right now. And I mean, 290 with 20 home runs, that's, we're hitting for average and we're hitting for power. We love it. So yeah, that's my guy, Juan Yepes. Very nice. Antonio Velez. Velez. Undrafted free agent. Love that. Pitching for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. This is his first real taste of the minor leagues. Just as a little side note, this guy had a 052 ERA in 2020 at Florida State. He only gave up seven hits in 17 innings. Granted, it was the shortened season 2020, but he was showing signs of being some sort of legitimate back then. Anyway, let's talk about his season. Six and two with a 2.71 ERA, 93 innings, 13 starts out of 22 appearances. Okay. He's only given up 70 hits in 93 innings. Since August 4th, he went seven innings, one hit, zero runs. On the 11th, he went seven innings, four hits, zero runs. On the 17th, he went four innings, four hits, zero runs. On the 22nd, he went six innings, five hits, one run. September 5th, six innings, three hits, zero earned runs. So he's had some sort of run. Unbelievable. And I don't understand how this guy doesn't get picked up in the draft to be honest with you yeah anyway well done well this guy is like not on our list at all but you just brought up undrafted free agents have you guys heard of jack mayfield for the angels um i don't think so. maddie have you been an al i've heard the name i've heard the name okay so jack mayfield was an undrafted free agent he went to ou i think he got drafted in 09 and he was a stud at OU and they were playing LSU in the super regionals. And there was a rain delay in the middle of the game and the draft had just ended. So these guys from OU, their college career is about to end because LSU is about to win super regionals to go on to Omaha. And maybe it was regionals to supers. I don't know. It was postseason. And they had to go into the locker room. All of these find all these guys find out two guys in particular that they don't get drafted and then they have to go back out there and finish their college careers like heartbroken knowing that their college career is about to end and they didn't get drafted when they were expected to get drafted fairly high jack mayfield signed i believe with the astros as an undrafted free agent and he's had some time up with them he made their postseason last year but he has been so much fun for the angels this year and has had some Big home runs, some big hits has been all over like SportsCenter and MLB Network. And it's like guys like that who I just get so hyped when I see their success yeah. because he was expecting to go higher in the draft. Why didn't he go higher then? I, I don't, it was a guy, it was him and a guy named Max White that were on OU that year. Max White was expected to go in the top 10 rounds and both of them fell out of the draft completely. And Max did not sign to play anywhere and then Jack signed on to be an undrafted free agent. And it was just like, and he has just like fought his way. He made the Astros postseason roster last year. Um, he's been, the reason I'm, I keep up with his life so much is because I'm friends with his wife. Mm. 
his name's Jackie. His name's Jack. Her name's Jackie. Their son's name is Jackson. And they just had another little baby girl. What they call her? Jacinta? <laughs> I need to remember her name. But they've been together since middle school. This couple. And they're just so sweet. But anyway, Jack Mayfield's just a guy who, like, is the epitome of this podcast. Like, the guys that you probably haven't heard of, but had such a tough road to get here. And now they're like doing things in the big leagues and staying up. And it's just amazing. You're like Simon Cow when you say that. This is what like this show's all about. People like it you. Is. Okay. Is it your second person time? It is my second person time. And it is Tristan Caucus. 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 Cassis. Cassis. That's what I said. Um, Olivia Dukakis. Yes. Red Sox number two prospect. He's in double A, third baseman, 2018 first rounder. Dude, 6'5. 6'5. That's a big That's dude. Big. Um, we'll break down those categories again for you later. On the season, he's hitting 283 with 12 home runs. But do you have any clue what he did, Peter? I don't you read your it? list so I can react genuinely. He has five home runs and 11 RBI in 24 hours. In his last three games, he didn't play on Sunday. He hit five home runs and had 11 RBI. He had three home runs and a doubleheader, and they were all moonshots. Like one of them went 472 feet. They were all moonshots on Friday. And then he hit two more on Saturday. What? Yeah. So in August, he only had one home run and 61 at-bats, and he has five home runs and 13 at-bats in September. (laughs) Um, he took his average from 267 to 283. Um, we've talked about this guy a good amount this year. He like went off in the Olympics, uh, could have been called the top player um, on Team USA. Maybe Mr. Olympics. Yeah, truly got the crown if there was a, a crown awarded. But yeah, five home runs and 11 RBI in 24 hours. Outstanding. That's pretty, that's pretty decent. Good job. Okay, Matt Brash. You've probably seen this dude. If you haven't, you haven't been on Twitter at all. Maybe you, Kelsey, because you've been at a bachelorette party. Um, Fellow member of the Commonwealth, by the way. He's from Canada. Drafted by the Padres in the fourth round of 2019. No longer pitching for the Padres. Pitching for the Mariners now. He is absolutely disgusting. 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 I'm talking, you hear us talk about stuff. All the time. <laughs> Are you just going to echo everything I say? No. <laughs> okay. Stuff is real with this guy. Okay. Now that I've gotten that out of the way. Um, he's six and three on the year, 17 starts and one save. Don't know. 86.1 innings, 131 Ks. Dang. Dang. Run it by you again. Uh, 86.1 innings, 131 punch outs. There was a video released this week on the internet that just shows the kind of stuff that he throws. He's got real quirky mechanics, uh, but it just comes out of his hand like an absolute <sighs> rocket. That's one of the dogs, by the way. I figured it wasn't you. Um, it wasn't me. It's just not, I'm not a ventriloquist. It wasn't one of the bobbleheads. <sighs> that was them again, by the way. Um, let me get through this. He and his teammates threw a no-no this week. He took a perfect game. He had a perfect game through six. Took it into seven. Had 11 
punch outs, but he ended up having six innings, 11 punch outs, but they had a no-no for as a team. So congratulations to them. My next guy is JD or five total letters in his first and last name combined. He's in the Marlins organization. What are you about to say? Nothing. He's in the Marlins organization in double A. He's an outfielder. He was drafted in 2019 by the Marlins in the 10th round out of Wright State. Started the season in A ball and then was promoted to double A. In 22 games in double A, he's hitting 347. But right now, he has a 13 game hit streak and he's hitting 419 in that stretch. That's pretty dang good, folks. 419, 419. JD or five total letters. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool that you think it's that cool, but it's it's cool. But do you think that he gets to put his full name on the back of his jersey now because it's so short? Let's see. Because there's so much room there. Well, he no, it probably just looks awkwardly small. Okay. The next you guy know? I'm about to talk about, he's not one that we would normally talk about. So that is exciting in itself. Got it. But what he's doing is also exciting. Okay. And you're going to love this one because there's a lot of OPSs mentioned. I love how you're going to say it. I hope you switch off. Dalton Kelly was the 38th round pick in 2015. Love that. Love that. 38th rounder, right? This is nuts. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just read my notes again. Sorry. That's pick 1145, 1145 in the draft for those who are playing at home. The most home runs that he has hit in the previous five minor league seasons in a season was 10 in 2019. Clearly, he's found something because he already has 25 this year. Wow. Including what he's done or what he did from August 28th to September 1st. He hit home runs in four straight games. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. What makes it cooler, Kelsey? Uh He hit two home runs in those first two games. So he hit six home runs in a span of four days. Whoa. This kid has an OPS in July of 1.036. An OPS in August of 1.060. No dot. And so far in September, he has an OPS of 1.250. Ooh. I know it's only been a few days. No 12. Okay. No 12, 12.50. Yeah. So Dalton Kelly, keep doing it. Yeah, go off King. Go off King. Mm-hmm. By the way, he's in the Rays system. If I didn't mention that, he's in the Rays AAA. He's in Durham. Uh, so he's close to the, the show, by the way. And such a typical Rays thing to take someone else's 38th rounder and turn them into a 25 home run hitting machine. 25. Had 10. Was Had 10 before. before that, 2019. Uh, Billy Cook for the Orioles, low A, outfielder, drafted this year, folks, 2021, for those who don't like to remember the year, um, by the Orioles in the 10th round out of Pepperdine, which I believe Chase Darnot also went to. Also Scott Alexander for the uh, Dodgers. Okay. He started the season, obviously, in rookie, well, not obviously, but in rookie ball, where he hit 286, and he got promoted to low A, where he currently is. He's hitting 262 with four home runs and 18 RBI, 18 RBI and 14 games. Saturday, Peter, are you mm-hmm. ready for this? You Tell buckled, me. Buckle up. Hands and feet inside the vehicle. 
on Saturday, he went four for five okay. with three home runs, four runs scored, nine RBI, two grand slams in what? one game. And two of the three home runs came in the same inning. He hit a grand slam and then a solo shot. And then he hit another grand slam at some point. Oh my God. Total bases. And one game, 14 total bases, nine RBI. What levels at it? Low A. He him, put man. up half of his season total of RBI in one game. Wow. And three of his four home runs. Billy Cook. That's... He had a week and a day. Week and a day. He had a month. Two grand slams. Okay. Sure. Spencer Strider is a kid that we've talked about on this. Solid name. What a name. You wait to like, listen. Maddie, you're editing. I'm going to, you just basically follow my lead with your editing, okay? Because I'm going to give you some <laughs> gold right here. We've talked about him before, as I said. He's a starting pitcher for the Braves organization. He started the year in low A, mm. where he had a 0.59 ERA in four starts and got promptly promoted to high A Rome, where he was pretty good in three starts, had a three-something ERA, but only three starts, and then boom, double A. Uh, yeah, I honestly think that that's he's been reevaluated, and this is probably where he belongs. But it was also his first test, so yeah. he's made it through the tests pretty good. Especially his season, right? His season in nineteen games, eighty-five innings, one hundred and thirty-eight punchouts. Wow! Across three levels, mm-hmm. across three levels, so unbelievable. But his last two starts in Double A, he had eight Ks and only three base runners against Biloxi. Eighteen Ks and two walks in his last ten innings. So he's starting to find himself. Yeah. And if you look at his headshot, Maddie, he looks like he could belong on one of those old school wanted posters. <laughs> yeah. Absolute stud. This is the picture I got. Out of Clemson, right? Yeah, that's not him. Okay. Yes, out of Clemson. Yeah. Oh. Like he's got, we're talking like triple D, triple digit stuff. Uh, he's a he's a he's gonna be a beast. Big mustache. Yeah, not as good as my dad's, but he has a mustache. Your dad's mustache was legit, by the way. Yeah, it takes a lot of pride in that. Um, okay. Is it your, no, my turn. Nolan Gorman, again, the Cardinals folks, the Cardinals have a Nolan problem. Nolan Gorman is the Cardinals top prospect. He's a third baseman. He's in triple a, they got another Nolan in the organization that you're probably familiar with also at third. Um, but Nolan Gorman, 2018 first rounder by the Cardinals. You've heard us talk about him started the season in double a was promoted to triple a after hitting 288. Mm -hmm. With 11 home runs and 43 games. What's he hitting in AAA winger? 288, ironically, with 10 home runs and 37 RBI in 57 games. Nice. On Thursday versus the Gwinnett Stripers, mm. he went four for five with two doubles and two runs scored. It was his seventh multi hit performance in 12 games. His four hits matched a season high. He followed that game with a two hit game on Friday. He also scored on a wild pitch from second base and it was electric as jazz Chisholm wow. would say. So yeah, that's just an interesting situation. Cause like, he's, he's like knocking on the door, but it's like, Oh, Juan Yepes. That's ironic. They both are in the Cardinals triple a they're both on the same team. Um, and they're both blocked by two superstars. Mm. That's, that's a good problem to have for the Cardinals, yeah. by the way. But like, man. So, okay. So, Nolan Gorman is hitting 
288 with 10 home runs and 37 RBI. And Juan Yepes is hitting 290 with 20 home runs and 56 RBI. Dang. So I guess Juan Yepes is winning that battle if you're bringing him up for the bat. That's juicy. Always trying to create drama, aren't you? Yeah. I'm just trying to take a selfie of this dog that won't leave me alone right now because it's not my dog. And it, I mean, I'm just getting. What do you do? Do you trade one of them? The dogs? No, we're going to keep both of them. (laughs) Dang. I don't know what you do, Kels, honestly. That sucks. I mean, that doesn't suck, but like, sucks for us because I want to see them up. Okay, so there was a there was a guy who was stuck in AAA with when Freddie Freeman got called up. His last name was uh, Mejia. I should remember his first name. He was a teammate of mine. Uh, Ernesto. Ernesto. Ernesto Mejia. Um, and he was down in AAA when Freddie Freeman first got called up. And he was hitting 30 home runs down in AAA every year, but he just could not get a chance. Mm-hmm. And the Braves weren't willing to, to lose that uh, security. So he was just stuck in AAA for three or four years in a row. I think he led the league in home runs a couple of years. And then he went to Japan and he's ended up getting a few years in Japan. So okay. um, it's, yeah, it's just unfortunate. The timing happens that way sometimes. And yeah, um, that's just how it is. Do you want me to go to my next guy? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. So this is okay. all you. Cool. Diego Castilla from, this is the one that I was going to try and remember. Ready? Okay. Barquisemet. Venezuela. Let me try that again. From Barquisimeto, Venezuela. Traded from the Yankees, Shokamati Mass with Hoy Park for Clay Holmes. Mm. He was raking in double A for the Yankees. He was raking in double A for the Pirates. Raking. He gets hashtag promotion pod to triple A. And all he's done since then in five games. Six for 15, not a math pod, but that's 400 for those playing at home. With two RBIs, sorry, two doubles, two home runs, and three RBIs. So congratulations on the promotion. Congratulations on having no issues with that promotion. And I hope you continue to rake, my friend. Congratulations to everyone for making Maddie Mass's top 10 prospects of the week. Not everybody gets to make that list. Um, yeah, for real, only 10. We doing Aussie lingo? Well, you know what, Peter? I just want to mention that we don't really have an injury report because our big group of rookies who we've been tracking on the injury report, they're all back. Trevor Rogers, Ion Anderson, Akil Badu, Dylan Carlson. And we just love to see it. So, I love it. yeah, that's phenomenal. Well done, us. Yeah. Aussie lingo. Okay, this one's a tough one, and I would really like to see you, Maddie, but I'm going to have to just do it without this. But it is called Aussie Salute. Um, Think French Kiss and Aussie Salute. Swingers. <laughs> I have uh, two gestures in mind, but I'll say uh, middle finger. Okay. Yeah, that's a good guess. It's actually when you're swatting away flies because you legitimately, when you're in Australia, this is called the Aussie salute because you've got to do this every single time you're having a conversation. What does it have to do with French kissing? Nothing. But it's just Aussie salute, French kiss. Because French kiss doesn't have anything to do with France. 
The Aussie salute. Oh, that has- was a terrible clue. <laughs> that was a terrible clue. Worst one yet. I, I got what I I you got knew. what he meant in the moment. Yeah, I knew that it no. I knew that's that it why was he, like, no, I thought this was about to take a bad turn. I didn't know what you were about I to I thought he was saying, like, oh, the French have kissing, the Aussies have the middle finger. Correct. No, but it's we do have that as well. But Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. I like the word. No, yeah. we're still Aussie talking salute. about finger doodle. Fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. <laughs> finger doodle. <laughs> I'm writing that word down. I'm going to make it something. Yeah, okay. Just like we're going to make fetch a word, mean girl. Like I say, I say like I'm in a kerfuffle. Yeah, I say that all the time. Oh. No one actually says that, but I've heard that before. Oh, Casey's mom says that's where I got it from. I like to adapt words. Um, okay. You steal. You steal people's words is what you do. You don't adapt words. Look at this sweet baby of mine who just is. We, I got such a COVID dog. Okay, everybody, come here. This is where she sits most of the time, and she'll book me like that, and then the other one will come, and then she'll book me like that, and I've been doing this the whole time, basically. Your arms look jacked right now. Thank you. This is why you see me doing this for most of the time. It's just Boop. I've been petting these dogs the whole time. So, all right, folks. There it is. An inside look into my studio. That was today's episode. We really hope Maddie Mass's face is back next week. <laughs> Do we ever? Thank you guys for watching. We're fired up to see this rookie of the year race go down to the wire, baby. Yeah. And not to mention the playoff races are heating up, guys. Oh, the yeah. Giants just took two of three from LA. Wild. Wild. There's a lot of games going on today for a Monday. Here's what I said, by the way. This is how wrong I was. I wrong. said the other day when the Giants lost first place in the West, I said to myself and out loud that that'll be the last time you see them in first place. Fake news. Hashtag fake news. There I am. Okay. Fake I'm going to let these dogs out. Um, Love you guys. All right. Farm on. Farm, on. Farm often. We'll see you next Wednesday, baby. See you, baby.